Hi friends! Hello, hello! Welcome back to Tabi Tabi Podcast, a podcast dedicated to presenting Philippine folklore as well as other Asian legends. It's me, Ethan, and welcome to episode 1 of season 7. I hope everything is going well for everyone. You may be wondering why I mentioned other Asian legends in my introduction. Well, that's because this season marks the debut of The Call of the Orients, a new segment in which I discuss other Asian folklore. I'd like to thank my friend Carl for the title of this new segment. Um, Folklore is one of my favorite subjects or topics as you should know by now, and I'd like to highlight some Asian ones in the Tabi Tabi podcast, especially the lesser known ones. The main focus of the podcast will still be Philippine lore, but I don't think it will hurt to discuss mythical creatures from other Asian countries, because there is so much we don't know. So, I hope you like the Call of the Orients episode that will be airing out soon. Also, I am very proud and honored to welcome and introduce the person behind this season's cover photos, Yossi. He is at Yosining on Twitter, so please follow him. He is Tabi Tabi Podcast's official artist, so you'll see a lot more of his artworks in the future here. Welcome to Tabi Tabi Podcast, Yossi. Thank you. Thank you so very much, and you are one amazing dude. We also have quite a lot of submissions for Spooky Saturday, so there will be more of those. If you're interested in sending your own paranormal and mythical experiences, please email us at officialtabitabipod at gmail.com. I am not limiting this uh, Spooky Saturday submissions for Filipinos only. I have received uh, submissions from Malaysian listeners and Indonesian listeners as well, so I am very, very thankful. So yeah, just send us an email and we'll make sure to put your stories in the next Spooky Saturday episode. As always, a massive thanks and shout out to the wonderful people on Patreon under the multi tier, Stephanie E, Terence C, Alyssa, Genji, and Christina N. And for the Tao tier, a huge thanks and shout out to Veronica R, Michelle G, Jordan, Lee, Mona, her daughter Luna, Carl, Bonkers, Violin A, and St. Peaches. Thank you so very very much for your support and I hope you like the benefits of your current tier. And if you would like to support the podcast and also get some cool benefits, head over to patreon.com slash tabitabipod and for the amount of 2 or $5, you can have early access to ad-free episodes, exclusive updates, and more. So join us and check the tier that fits your interest. And with that said, settle in my dear listeners. And let's begin. We have actually finished talking about Bicol and Visayan lore, so this season will be focusing on the Tagalog ones. As always, let's start the season with me introducing you to the deities of the Tagalog lore. I got my information from a Swang project. They have a list of deities on their website, so please go check them out. It's www.aswangproject.com. Let us begin with the Tagalog's greatest deity, Bathala. Bathala, one of the first-generation deities, he is also known as Bathalang Maykapal, Lumikha, and Abba. He is the supreme god and the world's creator deity. 
He is portrayed as a massive entity having control over thunder, lightning, and earthquakes, as well as presiding over minor deities and using spirits to mediate between divinities and mankind. The Muslims refer to him as Anatala. Mayari, Tala, and Hanan were his three daughters. They are all part of the second generation of Tagalog deities. I am unsure if they were all born from the same mother, but they were all daughters of Bathala by a mortal woman. Mayari is the goddess of the moon, Dala is the goddess of the stars, whereas Hanan is the goddess of the morning, also known as the goddess of dawn in some legends. Next, we have Amanikable. Originally, Amanikable was worshipped as the god of hunters. In more recent legends, he has been identified with the ill-tempered deity of the sea, replacing Amansinaya among the first-generation gods apart from Bathala. Amansinaya has never married after his love was rejected by a lovely mortal lady named Baganda. And in frustration, he swore revenge on mankind, unleashing tumultuous waters and terrible tempests to ruin ships and drown men. Then we have Indianale. Indianale is the goddess of hard work and good deeds. Natives used to seek her advice in order to complete their tasks successfully. If a person does not call her name, the work that is being done may not be completed on time, properly, or at all. Indianale has a husband named Dimangan. Dimangan is the god of bountiful harvest. People offer him words of praise and respect in order to have a bountiful harvest and for the crops to produce higher quality grains. Singing songs for Dimangan is an old tradition performed to appease the god while harvesting the bounties bestowed upon men. Dimangan and Indianale, both Tagalog deities from the first generation, had two children. Their names are Dumakulam and Anituntabu. Dumakulam is a powerful agile mountain guardian. He is also referred to as a sky god. He assists those who become lost in the mountains. He despises those who destroy the forests and wildlife of the mountains. However, because he is a kind god, he never intentionally abandons people in the mountains. Let's just say he's just teaching them a lesson. However, he does not assist those who destroy the forests and excessively hunt wildlife. Dumakulim married Anagolai later in his life. Now, who is Anagolai? Like I said, Anagolai is the wife of Dumakulem. Anagolai is the sole child of Ikapati and Mapulon, which I will be explaining more later. Anagolai is the goddess of lost things, and it is said that Anagolai's aura is said to be present in the very fabric of everything, which is why she can find lost things and people. So she's that powerful. Moving on, Dimangan and Indianali's daughter and the sister of Dumakulem is named Anituntabu. She is a fickle wind and rain goddess. It is said that whenever it rains lightly or umaambon or ambon in Tagalog, the happy Anituntabu is nearby. And if there is a storm, it's because Anituntabu is either angry or just in a foul mood. 
The two siblings, Dumakulim and Anituntabo, are both Tagalog deities from the second generation. Now on to the parents of the goddess of lost things, Anagolay. Mapulon is Anagolay's father and the god of seasons. Mapulon is regarded as one of the most benevolent Tagalog deities. He bestowed good seasons and health on mankind, and whenever someone becomes ill, medicinal herbs grow as a result of his ability to command the seasons, providing men with something to heal themselves with. His wife and the mother of their only daughter Anagolay is Ekapati. She is the goddess of cultivated lands. She was the most understanding and kind of the Bathala deities. Agriculture was her gift to mankind. She was respected and liked by the people as the beneficent provider of food and prosperity. She brought fertility to the fields and health to the livestock and cattle. Now, just a bit of recap. Mapulon and Ikapati are both Tagalog deities from the first generation, whereas their daughter Anagolay is from the second. When Anagolay reached maidenhood age, she married Dumakulem, the son of Indianale and Dumangan, with whom she had two children who are part of the Tagalog deity's third generation. These children are Dian Masalanta, the goddess of love, conception, and childbirth, and Apulake, the sun deity and patron saints of warriors. And the last first-generation deity on the list is Lakapate. According to a Spong project, often combined with Ikapati from Jokano's Tagalog pantheon, Lakapati was a major fertility deity. During sacrifices made in a new field, the farmer would hold up a child and say, Lakapati, pakainin mo yaring alipin mo, huwag mong gutumin. In English, Lakapati, feed this thy slave, let him not hunger. Fertility gods were prominent among the deities who received full-fledged sacrifices. Lakapati was worshipped in the fields during planting season and was appropriately portrayed by a hermaphrodite pitcher having both male and female parts. And so to recap, for the first generation deities, we have Bathala, Amanikable, Indianale, Ikapati, Lakapati, and Mapulon. For the second generation, we have Mayari, Hanan, Tala, Anituntabu, Dumakulem, and Anagolay. And for the third generation, we have Apulaki and Dian Masalanta. Other Tagalog deities worth mentioning, albeit they do not have a united pantheon like those I covered previously, are as follows. Amansinaya. Amansinaya is the deity of the ocean and protector of fishermen. Next, we have Saik. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Saik is the god of the sea who protects travelers from tempests and storms. Next, we have Lakambakod. Lakambakod is the god of protection and the protector of growing crops. He was summoned to keep animals away from Swedens. We are not talking about the country. Sweden is actually an area of land cleared for cultivation by slashing and burning vegetation. Pre-Hispanic depictions of Lakambakod showed him with gilded genitals as long as a rice stalk. When fencing Sweden, he was offered eels because natives believed that the fences he blessed were the strongest of all fences. 
and according to later accounts, pre-colonial Tagalog offered him bounties and prayers in the construction of palisades and other defensive structures. His guidance is also sought to improve defense tools such as charms, agimat, or anting-anting. His association with the gilded genital portrayed him as a fertility deity as well as a gold deity. His symbols are a fence, an eel, and a gilded genital. Next, we have Lakambini. Lakambini is known as the pure maiden for his incomparable beauty, ironic that he is a male diwata. Which shatters my perception of Lahambini because I thought she was a woman. <laughs> but he's not. He is a male diwata. He was originally known as the god of kapurihan or purity and is also the god of food, festivity, and anti-gluttony. He is worshipped mainly by men. They pray to Lakambini to let them find a beautiful maiden to wed. Next, we have Linga. Linga is the deity invoked by the sick. I also found this description on religer.com. Linga is a phallic and medicine god who is the partner of Bibit, the illness god. He, like Bibit, used to cause illness if he went about his daily activities unnoticed. Later stories claim that he changed his mind for some reason. He then became the god in charge of curing diseases and thus a deity of medicines. Despite his change of heart, he continued to work with Bibit. He is also thought to be a minor fertility deity. The male genital is his emblem. Lastly, we have Sitan. Sitan is an ancient dark god from Filipino mythology. His role is similar to that of the monotheistic Satan. Sitan is the guardian of Kasamaan or the ancient Tagalog version of Hell. He is aided by the gods Hukluban, the god of death, Mangagaway, the god of illness, Mangkukulam, the god of fire, and Manisalat, the destroyer of love. And that concludes the first episode of Season 7. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned something new. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. And if you want to help support the podcast financially and get cool benefits as well, please head over to patreon.com tabitabipod and for as little as 2 or $5, you can gain early access, listen to Patreon-exclusive content, and more. Thanks for listening to Tabi Tabi Podcast with me, Ethan. See you next week for the first episode of Call of the Orient. Bye!